I was in the airport the other day, and uh, this used to be a weekly ordeal for me not that long ago in my life. And I kind of got spoiled with not having to deal with that on the regular. And with this, this just brings me to my next point. I just kind of forgot about how it's a collection of folk from all over with all different backgrounds, with different views of life, bruh. And that kind of had me look sizzling, scalling, if you will. And I just feel like there need to be a universal bylaw of etiquette once you're in the aircraft. Because I feel like at 5 in the morning, you know, it's no need to be a chatty patty behind folk. You know what I'm saying? It's no need to be that only person with the light on. You know what I'm saying? And which just kills me the most. I just hate how, you know, other than if you got a connection that, you know what I'm saying, that you're in the midst of missing, but this don't be the situation most of the time. You know, folk that just start standing up when they way in the back or just start sliding and gliding towards the front before people start deplaning. I think it needs to be more res- respect between the white lines of the airlines, man. I say, whoa, welcome to the Best Friend Weekend Podcast. It's your man, Aldo. Nice. And I'm, I'm just a vibe. Oh yeah, it's just Devon. Los 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 ain't even here. Los ain't even yeah. here. I think my, I, my brother's on the way. Well, everybody pop in in the middle of the um, of the podcast, and if you do, if, uh, that'll be that'll be a, a well received. If not, we we get it. Uh, shout out to Los, man. We said last week, you know, happy big 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 birthday, the XL birthday for the for the brother, man. So Los is out there living his best life. So how um, old is Los now? Man, well, I keep saying the XL birthday. That's that's Roman numerals. Oh, you were doing the Roman numeral thing. I think oh. this is the first time. I think this is the first time I've actually. No one's asked me that, but I wonder how many people just thought I meant an extra large birthday. Uh, I am telling you, I know a number of people was just like, "Oh, that man celebrating extra large." Like you know, what I'm saying like, well, <laughs> the big birthday. It's the big birthday. <laughs> it is the big birthday. Well, I mean. Now, even if um if individuals don't know about um Roman numerals in that way, if if we think an XL birthday means must mean it's a big birthday and it's only two letters, then we should be able to use some context clues to realize that uh that, that man hit the 40 burger uh, yeah. this week. So. I assumed it was 40, but I was looking at it as oh, this is the XL. Like, yeah. <laughs> man, doing, doing big thing. Yeah, okay, sure. Sure. <laughs> sure, sure. We'll, we'll go with that. Let that be the reason. But nah, man. So, um, you know, as the as the CEO of Best Friend Weekend, I was able to um, give Los the company card and um, give him a little bit of time off. So, okay, um, you okay. know, so <laughs> so we'll see how how well received that is. Um, where do you go? Where do you go out to? Um, I think he in Mexico somewhere. I'm pretty. I'm not I'm sure he's in Mexico somewhere. I just don't know where. I don't ask a lot of questions. It's the, he'll talk about it probably and tell us when he come back. When he gets back, we can ask him about his his airline. Uh, yeah, I mean, and that's what I was going to lean in on. He's going to have an airline story, but um, such as such as the world, I'm actually on location right now. 
we were calling, um, you know, sometimes we record, sometimes early, sometimes we record late. Right now we're recording and then I'm going to upload immediately. So I'm recording on Friday, not a thing that we normally do, um, but I'm recording live from Chicago because um, I'm out here for a conference as well. Um, and so I had some airport etiquette and obviously some of those things burn my boot in, but I'm laughing at Rumble because, man, we could rename this podcast very much the um, Black airport experience or the airport etiquette podcast because the things he's talked about we have mentioned on here before it just never gets old they always gonna stand up i mean i had a whole little story before y'all can go back and listen to it about the lady who um got to go to first class um i don't know if you've ever heard this story devon i'll give you the cliff notes um they asked me if i wanted to upgrade to first class Uh and i couldn't because i was sitting next to my old lady and she couldn't go to so another lady got to take the 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 experience and she took a little self up to first class, and I was like, all right, cool, whatever. So that was the biggest sacrifice I think I've made um, since I've been with my wife um, is not going to first class that day. But um. <laughs> I mean, that's wild. I mean, you know, I'm pretty sure I mean, that, that didn't make it awkward. Why didn't you just give your wife the first class ticket? Oh, no, she didn't want to go either. It was it was one of those things, right? I think in her hey, mind uh, that, y'all, that y'all, we was, are, y'all are a nice couple. Because I feel like if I was in a couple, one of us got to take it. Like I said, it don't, it don't make no sense. Like, I'm die. You got to either, I, either I'm leaving you behind or you leaving me behind. There's no point mm-hmm. in this. I'm assuming it was a white woman. It's like Theo and Cockroach when they were yeah. trying to get into the dance party. Somebody got to go in, right? Yeah. They would have been foolish for both of them to stand outside, right? Ah, uh, no, no, you, you go. Okay. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's literally how I've been. I'd have been Cockroach. And I'd have, been been dancing, I'd have been dancing with the girl in first class. With the host. With the host. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> have, it, have it holding big court. Um, but no, the white lady went, and that's not even the funniest part of the story. The, the story is, a, is, I tell the story better and, um, when it was fresh in my mind, but the funniest part of the story is when the plane landed, she got up before everybody else and tried to run to the back and grab her bag, which was still in the overhead compartment in like the regular people's seats. And when she got to it, she thought she was she was trying to say, excuse me, excuse me, to go back to first class to get out of the plane. And uh, people were like, no, you can wait. <laughs> no, you can wait. Yeah, you good. <laughs> you're, not about to, you're not about to bogard your way back to first class to get out of it. No, we know. We know who you are. We know what, what I, you, I, we understand. I, I hate the stand. I will say the only thing I can participate in on this conversation is the boarding the plane and the deboarding the plane because... I don't know what they got in the air in the plane or whatever, but as soon as they close that door and they like they like, yo, we gonna go through the safety procedures, I'm asleep. Like I try my best to stay awake, I immediately pass out. I wake up as soon as they open that door. That's it. Sure. Sure. You get fresh air. Um so I, I think what's funny is um, one of the guys who was sitting next to me, you know, shout out to the, to the to the organization that's paying my way. They booked my flight. They gave me a middle seat in the back of the plane, not all the way in the back, but, you know, whatever. So um, shout out for that. So, I, you know, I got him on the back end because I'm in this big corner suite. So, you know, it all evens out. But okay. right. um, with that being said, the guy who was sitting next to me talked about he, he came on like was one of the last people. Right. And he was like, yeah, I don't understand why people um, rush to line up to get onto the plane. He's like, I want to be the last person on so that this thing could take off as soon as I get on the plane. That's what yeah. his take That's on it was. And I, exactly I think it makes a bunch of sense. The rush to get on and the rush to get off, especially with like... It's not Southwest. <laughs> if you're Southwest, Southwest, anybody plane that has a boarding group, 
dog, you know your group. Like, if you're in group C and they're like, we're about to, why are you standing up? Exactly. They got A, they got B. You're not even up yet. Like, relax. I don't understand that. I don't Because they want to be the first. The first of B is almost like A is kind of what I guess they exactly. like. And then my biggest thing is, you know, the, for me, there's always racial elements. I don't like it when I get Absolutely. on the thing. I get on early. I bore my stuff in early. I'm usually the first person at the check-in thing. All right. If I go stand at something, you don't have to check my ticket. Like, they're always like, oh, well, you know, this is, I was like, I I heard the directions just like you. I got to, first of all, I'm boarding group A. You boarding group B. I don't even know why you're giving me instructions. Because um, they feel entitled to do so. I mean, short answer, right? Um, yeah. I, yeah, I think the whole board, the whole boarding group thing is, you know, that becomes, it feels like a culture war, right? And clash. Yeah. I was laughing because on this flight um, that I came over here, it was like um, nothing but God children. So when I got to the airport, there were a lot of God children. Um, and I thought it was a college at first, like, but, it appears to be that they're high school godchildren, and if if and I don't mean by godchildren like um like children that are my um, I'm their parent, so to speak. Um, <laughs> I mean, um, they had on shirts that said like "He died for us," and others had shirts on that said um, um, "The Lamb of God, the precious Lamb of God," and hey, like. <laughs> Check it out. Check it out. Check it out. It was like 40 of them with like the Lamb of God shirts, right? When I walked up and I was like, and I and, they, and one like chaperone lady was like 36, 37, 38, 39. Okay, go, go, and like they were all like clogging up the um, you know, the bat not not even the baggage check, the um what you call it when when you're going through security. Um so I just kind of was holding my breath and I was like, okay, hopefully this is just one group. But when I started getting close to like the um, the terminals, it was like 12, 13 groups of 30, 40 kids. So there was obviously this big conference, which the guy told me, in Houston for like a youth Lutheran or some something or another. Uh, big, big it, was like, it was like we were at Minute Maid Park and we had a, a concert there. And it was I was like, hold up. All of this took place in the city. He's like, yeah, they, they got to get but, rid of this spreading the word internationally. Three groups of those kids with distinct T-shirts were all on the flight coming back to Chicago from Houston. So they were, um, I'm not going to say they started singing or doing prayer, holding prayer, but they were, um, they were saying they, they were kids. So they were screaming stuff and laughing at stuff that they thought was funny. And um, yeah, not my that favorite part be- of the flight. I, you might have just described the most annoying children ever. Children are annoying. <laughs> I'm going to tell y'all right now. Children you are 100% are, white. This was 100% white kids. I, I, I didn't see a single I know. I know. Okay. I'm sure that, first of all, I'm already picturing big, blonde-haired, blue-eyed missionary <laughs> energy. Like, Hitler Youth Camp. The biggest thing about children being annoying is it's expected. Like, we're adults. We was children once. We were annoying. I know children are annoying, but that particular group of kids also, with their annoyance, comes this like they feel like they know stuff. <laughs> you, look, <laughs> you, you are twelve years old, like you know absolutely nothing, and they're like, "Nah, man!" Like Jesus first of says, all, I'm though, the leader, I'm the leader of this group, and I've been <laughs> studying this for six months. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, 
I'm yeah. like, Doug, you gotta you gotta move on my way, dog, for real. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so yeah, nah, nah, I'm a you you describe the most annoying set of kids ever. Oh man, it it looked like a headache too to be a chaperone, to be like literally count having to count. 41 kids or 27 kids everywhere you go and now on the airplane to make sure they get home. I'm like, who the hell wants that responsibility? Um, but with that, yeah, they were, they were just, you know, I, one, one was hilarious before we took off. He walked up to the guy. I, I, I heard behind me, I heard the whole transaction. He walked up and he was like, excuse me, sir. Do, um, would you mind if we switch seats so that I could sit next to my friends? And I couldn't hear his response to them. But then I saw him turn around and go sit his, his sit his ass back in his seat. So obviously the dude told him no, which I think is hilarious because the kid came from like the back of the plane up to like, I don't know, eight, eight more rows up and was like, can I switch seats with you so you can, so I can sit with my friends. Like wild, wild missionary energy. All yeah. Missionary. <laughs> I'm happy he didn't because there would have been three missionary kids behind me um, having, probably having nothing but singing songs and such they folk songs song. they was definitely gonna sing a song <laughs> and laugh and, and be moving around too much just everything i wouldn't want on a flight so one, one harmonic you was one harmonica or one guitar away from having a horrible flight dude oh well, the flight started off terrible because we were in houston right and we're we're on the um like about to take off we all have planed have got on the plane and Planed. I guess is planed the um, opposite of deplane. I'm about plane. to say you can deplane, so I figure you can plane. You can yeah. plane. Okay, so I, yeah, I was planning, and um, <laughs> and they shut the doors like you said, and then they said, "Oh, we gotta, we're gonna be delayed because Chicago can't accept our our flight right now." Whoop de whoop, and he was like, "Yeah, I'm sorry. Um, we only gonna have one um, engine on right now while we're waiting." So excuse the heat. Oh God! And then it started getting hot, and it was like I was sweating, and it was 102 degrees outside, and it was a whole bunch of white children in there. And you know, I don't have to. I don't have to connect too many more dots if you've ever. <laughs> Man, I'm, I tell people like, look, I don't care where you're from, but like after these last two years, especially if you you in Texas. If the power grid and flying anywhere doesn't have you believing that we need regulation, sure. I don't know what to tell you, dog. Like I'm like, dog, these airlines just book. I said airlines book flights and just know that they can't do it. I yeah. said that that's a wild business model where you're like, I said we wouldn't accept that any other place, like any place at all. We wouldn't be like, yo, I called my Uber. My Uber came here. It pulled up. It's a four seater car. There was eight people in it. <laughs> was like what? They was like, "Hey, dog, look, this is what we got. Sorry, you just gonna have to, you gonna have to wait." They're like, "Well, what do I do while I wait?" Man, I don't know. <laughs> like, yeah. that's how your airline is. Except it's wild. Where I'm like, they've flown you to another location, and <laughs> like, can't accommodate. It might not be able to accommodate you coming back. That's hilarious. Yeah. They're like, hey man, like you gonna give me a hotel? Nah, that's that's not really my responsibility. Like that's yours. <laughs> You're like, I booked y'all for travel. Nah, I, I there, there needs to be more regulation on something, something. Yeah, I've been I've been fairly lucky over time with a lot of these things, but 
the stories always come up. I don't know how how rampant it is because you know, like with everything else, once once the media gets their hands on something, it can blow things out of proportion. But oh, yeah. you know, obviously, it, it does take place, right? You know, they were offering those people something like four racks to yeah. miss a flight and thousand dollars to get off the plane. Oh day. man, hold up! That that just scared me. Oh, welcome, welcome to the podcast, Avery. What's going on? <laughs> How are you doing, brother? <laughs> well, man, we just kind of started recording. It was like. You know, he'll pop on at some point. Just didn't know you were there. So, hey, welcome, welcome, welcome. Um, so, yeah, we were just kind of discussing some flight things, you know, because I had a flight um, out here to Chicago and it, it was a little, it's, it, it was, it was, it was interesting, so to speak. Every flight's got its own little story or whatever, but it was interesting um, to say the least. So, yeah. Um, so, but yeah, I was able to bang it out and be at this conference. You know what? You know what? If I would have had to come to this flight, I mean, come to this city. And they would have overbooked my flight. And they wouldn't have gave me $4,000. You know what that'll do? That'll burn my boudin, man. Like, let me tell you a few things that burn my boudin this week. I don't have a lot, but the first one is definitely a thing that took place on the flight, which is when the person in front of you looks back and then drops the seat back. That burns my boudin. <laughs> I'm with you on that. I, and I I feel like that's a it's a clear division in society on whether you're a put the seat back person or not. I'm always a not. I I've never put the seat back and really gotten comfort from that two inches of recline. Oh, so man. that's why I was like, like mm-hmm. I said, you're gonna inconvenience the person behind you for no comfort whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Nobody has ever leaned back in the chair and been like, "Whoo, this feels a lot better." Like yeah. so much better that it was worth it. It's worth it for me to inconvenience the person behind me. I, I'm I'm not I'm not with it. Wholeheartedly agree. I think it's I think the thing that bothers me the most about it is the look back. Because they turn around, <laughs> they acknowledge that you are there, and then they still do it. And I'm always concerned that they'll like crush my computer. That's yeah. always my concern. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, that would piss me off too. But yeah, the look back. It's got to be the most disrespectful thing of acknowledgement <laughs> that you are there. You are there. And like Devon said, you're getting two more inches of non-comfort. So basically the only thing you're doing is just inconveniencing the person behind you because that shit's not, it's, it's not fun. It's not comfortable. How about the same I mean, on a There's nothing comfortable about this experience at all. So you, hmm. you basically made the decision. Like nobody's getting first class. Unless you're, unless you're in first, look, look again, regulation like i'm sorry mm-hmm. like you, you you see these international flights mm-hmm. and you see the the style of plane and i'm yeah. like how are we flying man what is going on so mm-hmm. yeah it's and um i mean i don't know you you're saying that and I, it makes now the thought that came to my mind just then was about cars so if you're in the car and you're in like the passenger seat um let's say and you want to get a little comfortable you don't really drop the seat more than two inches, though. I'm nah, just being honest. No, People don't really no. go back eight inches and lean back like that. It's just about two inches. So maybe they're thinking about it from a car perspective. I don't know. I feel like I got more room in a car than I do on a plane, though. Definitely. Well, that's because you can. That's because you can back up your the bottom part of your seat. Now, if we yeah, could do that exactly. on a plane, <laughs> yeah, exactly. If they could do that on a plane, there'd be way more fight videos coming off these planes. Oh, for sure. <laughs> There'll be less seats, so, yeah. way more fights. Hey. It'd be terrible. 
has anybody seen like a fight happen in the airport? I'm not talking about necessarily a real fight, but you know, we everybody now has a camera phone, so we see these people like getting riled up and getting pulled off of flights and stuff. Has anybody experienced that? I have not seen it in person. Now, I've heard like um, uh, my old lady was telling me that when she was in Jamaica that that actually took place. That um, they was like like lining up, and it was like outside, like you know, at the at the gate, ready to get on the plane. And dude says something like, "Like shut up, bitch," to his old lady. Oh no! And she responded like, "No, fuck you, nigga." Bomb, 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 and they going at it, and then. Something happened, and like she said, they boarded the plane. Now, I'm telling the story wrong. She could tell it exactly right. But ended up being like, they was like, fuck you. Get the fuck away from me. He, like, walked away from her and was like, don't fucking talk to me. And um, they get on the plane, and they got to sit, like, next to each other, obviously. And, like, one of them said something like, um, like, like shut the fuck up to each other. You know, they kept the conversation, the, the argument going. And the white lady who was like in the seat with him, the third person like whispers to like the goddamn, um, the stewardess. Hey, yeah, they're arguing or whatever the case may be. And, um, basically they made him get off the plane cause they was wilding too much. And they said when they was walking off, the woman said like, she turned and found the woman, the little white woman who told on it was like, stay the fuck out of my business. Whoop de whoop <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, this is the story that my wife told. But like I said, I like I haven't seen the this behavior of anybody getting put on the flight. Normally, people on their best behavior on the flights that I'm on. You know, I've seen some some people who look like they like might have mental illness on the flight before, and it always makes me, you know, like oh, okay. Yeah, I'm nah. always concerned about that, but I haven't been. I haven't seen like none of the TikTok, Instagram videos. That definitely hasn't happened. I was like, oh, okay, you know, especially because sometimes they make everybody get off the plane when that stuff happens. So I was like, I'm glad none of this has ever happened to me because if I got to get off a plane. I mean, so maybe that's real life. I mean, maybe that's not real life. Maybe it's fake. (laughs) Maybe it's the internet. internet. (laughs) Even for a video. Even for a video. Maybe it's the internet, you know? I don't know. Could be. They're setting up these situations. So maybe, like you said, maybe we're not... um, we never got on a flight with somebody who was going to intentionally make a scene to have a video. So exactly, and people do make up stuff for the internet all the time because you know the internet don't care about positive or negative; they just care about views. Hmm. Avery, are you a talker or a sleeper on the flight? A sleeper. Yeah, Devon said it's that as well. I tried. It's it's rumbling. It's all cool and whatnot. Especially if you like take something before you go. Yeah, I'm definitely gonna sleep on that flight because I'm not trying to, you know, I don't like, I don't like uh, crowds, so I don't really want to be around all these people. So I'm trying to go to sleep now. The person that I'm usually with is a talker, but I try to ignore that and go straight to sleep. Put your headphones on. Don't even be playing music. I'm like, bro. Yeah, that's a that's a that's a uh, it's a life hack right there. Putting your headphones on and don't even play music definitely life hack. Um, another thing, like I said. Um, people talk or whatever. Another thing that always bothers me, you want that window seat. Well, if you get that window seat, my brother, I don't need you to ask to get up at all during the flight. Uh, <laughs> no, that's terrible, that. though. I've been drinking ginger ale and water. It's time for me to go pee. 
I don't get the window seat. Nah. <laughs> don't get the window seat. I would be real with y'all unless it's an emergency. Somebody had tweeted out like, "Dog, we're we're on a plane. Like, hold your stuff like an adult. Like that's all, every time I was like, "Dog, I I know use the restroom before you get on the plane, unless it's a serious emergency. There ain't, there ain't no need to really get up. I don't want anybody getting up and moving. Depends that's on how long the flight is, though. No, I went to Africa and held it. It does depend on how long the flight is. Oh my but, god." I mean, we flew, uh, you and I used to fly back and forth between here and Alaska. That's a nine-hour yeah, flight. We were I tiny children. I didn't use the, I didn't use the restroom. We were, we were children, though. And children use the restroom. A lot more than adults. Parents. <laughs> I'm about to say, that's why I say you're an adult. Like, mm-hmm. use the restroom. I was like, no, you, like, I can hold my, I, I can hold it for nine hours. You sleep. I, I go to sleep. I can't, I'm like, sleep. I, I can't sleep if I gotta pee. Hmm. Y'all gonna it's it's happening. The restroom's back there. I don't give a damn. I'm gonna I'm gonna pee. And uh, I wouldn't give a damn either if you were in the aisle. I wouldn't care. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Adults I are not. If you're, if you're a peeing person, you need to pick that aisle side. But I don't I don't ever want the window seat. Ever. Like I just never want that. I don't care to look outside because Number one, if the window's open, right, and uh, like if I don't want it open and I close it, somebody next to me, you might know the hue of the person might ask me, "Can you open that up?" And I'm like, "No, like I don't want that responsibility." So I just I <laughs> so you don't sit in the exit row or open your window. You don't want to <laughs> I don't want to be there. I don't want to. I don't want to deal with that. To be like, no, like I'm not. I'm not doing that. I, I will definitely take an exit row. And on Southwest, if you get in there and you sit in that first seat with the leg room, that's like a three-star Marriott. Like, that's unbeatable. Sure. But is the TV close enough? Is the TV close to you on that seat? Like, I'm asleep. (laughs) I literally, I've tried. I've I've had books. I got other stuff like, oh, what I'm going to do on this plane. No no matter the flight. As soon as that door closed, I'm out. I'll be like, yo, just wake me up when we get there. Exactly. I'm gonna take something to go to sleep, and I don't want to watch no old movie that I've seen before. Like it don't matter. I'm not trying to watch Shrek the Third. Like I'm not mm. trying to watch out of that. Like and it's, I'm it's not, just now, so, these new flights do get some decent movies. They do get I'm decent movies. <laughs> they, they will. I'm like I've been I've been often surprised on a flight where I'm like, oh y'all got that, and I will start it, and I fall right asleep. Yeah, but I was like, cool. oh, it was there. Well, the international flight that I went on, like I said, United United was the best uh, of the the flights that I took because yeah, they had the whole little the whole little iPad built into the back of the seat looking device where it had yeah. the movies and you could kind of and like as I would go to sleep, I wake up and just kind of rewind. They had series too, man. I was watching like all of Yellowstone was on there. Yeah, it was. Yeah, they had that they had good sense. stuff, current stuff. Yeah, I'm like Nick. All y'all need is a Netflix account. Y'all y'all got it. Y'all got the whole thing right there. We could watch anything we want to. Let me ask y'all a question. Do you think that phones, I mean, that like technology has come to the point where um, now they understand how you can have cell phones on a plane or could you always have cell phones on a plane and they just were like scary so they didn't want you to have them on? Like that kind of thing. Because now think about it. It's like Wi-Fi. It's like cable. It's like everything is on the plane now. Like you could have them on a plane for like 
I'd say about the last 15 years or so. It's mm-hmm. just that since you don't know how like planes work, they want to charge you more. <laughs> that's pretty much it. Like and, and that, that's, that's it. I feel. I feel the same way. I'm like, yeah, still... 1984. <laughs> yeah, your cell phone could have taken down a whole plane. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> like by the time we got to like 97, I'm sure nothing was really affecting anything. Uh, and these day and age, it's like uh, nothing, nothing bothers. I don't even do they even really bother people about their phones anymore? No, and that's this. This leads me to my biggest question: Why is there an airplane mode on your phone? <laughs> yeah, just just pure. It, it's for the same reason that the the call and the hang up button is is a picture of You tell kids like, oh yeah, that's a phone. They're like, oh, I I didn't know what that was. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, that's just what it is. We just So airplane mode that. is just synonymous for turn my data off. Basically. <laughs> and I feel like that's all anybody uses it for. Where they're like, <laughs> airplane mode might as well just be called uh bootleg battery saver. Because <laughs> anytime like, no, nah, nah, my battery ain't gonna make it. They're like, nah, flip it on airplane mode. That way we can make sure to catch this Uber when we leave in the club. That's it. Yeah, that's, that's the only point. reason why. Fucking yes. That like Rumble, um, God bless his God bless him. He should always be using airplane mode, and we should just call it rumble mode. It should be something for people who phone die all the time. You just have oh, yeah. I love it. I love it. But yeah, this, never- these all, all of these points kind of could converge on that idea of yeah, I just think it's crazy. They'll tell you to t- put up your large devices. But the reason they say to put up your large devices is so they don't fly around during landing. Yeah, exactly. exactly. And plus, they want you to make sure that you already, you know, you in that mindset of, I need to go. Because if your large device is still out, you're still going to be doing something. You're like, nah, nigga, we finna land, put your large device up. Like, oh, okay, we're fitting to get ready to get off this plane. Because I want to get you the fuck out there. Because once the dude comes with the vacuum for about 30 minutes, if that, they're boarding more people right back on that plane. So yeah. they need yeah. you gone. <laughs> we need you off I don't even understand the return your return your seat back to its upright position. I was like, And they make you open the windows too. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, can y'all tell? Can y'all you can do the work. Right, they right. need <laughs> they need other people on there. The the pilot gotta use the restroom and drink a That's fifth funny. and then he gotta get back on. So it just is what it is. We got to do everything. You know what I'm saying? Y'all saw flight. He got a flight attendant. You know, he got to do some things before he gets on. They got to clean up. So you need to raise the windows up, raise your seat back up, put your shit up, and get the fuck out. So you're saying we one step away from, all right, in the back of the headrest of the seat in front of you, there are some wipes. Please remove a few few and wipe down your seat as you exit the plane. I don't think I we'll sure, ever get there. I'm though. sure if they could get us to do that, they would yeah. do it. Like, yeah. like I don't think, think we'll all get the there. Stuff they've made us do at the airport for absolutely no reason. Thought the government has even come out and been like, "Yo, there ain't no real point to TSA. No, it's it's just for show. We was taking off our shoes, dog. Like, yeah. we take oh, this off is nine eleven, right? This is since nine yeah. eleven. Yeah. And we like like we've been taking off our shoes for twenty two years. Mm-hmm. 
And they came out and they was like, man, they ain't, we ain't really caught nothing off that shoe stuff at all. But mm-hmm. we just Do knew it because they was like, yeah, the, this is what y'all got to do. So if you, had, if you had a knife in your shoe, it would go off on the metal detector. So why yeah, are you that The nigga had a bomb in his shoe, and then there was like, yeah, that shoe thing makes sense. It was like, no, bro. It was after the dude who had the bomb in his shoe, but we stopped being able we stopped being able to go to the the gate. Remember that? Remember dad would fly in? We'd be right there at the gate. You walk in to the metal detector. That was it. There was just a metal detector and uh the nigga with the with the wand, and then you could go all the way to the gate. You could chill there. Hey, all those nineties TV shows where they'd have a sign and it'd be like, I'm waiting for you. Welcome back. Our, 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 our your boy was chasing old girl to the gate to mm-hmm. get her before he got on the plane. Yeah. You ain't doing that now. That's no, we happening. can't even. I can't even carry my bottle of water. Every time I think about the water thing, I'm like, what do y'all think is going to happen? Remember that Nicolas Cage movie, or was it John Travolta, where it was no, no, it wasn't. That's called Face Off. Hold up, that's called Face Off. <laughs> no, no, no. By John Travolta is one of them. They were both of that. Die Hard. The Die Hard movie with Samuel L. Jackson. The Remember the Die Hard movie with Samuel L. Jackson where they had the two liquids that would mix together to make a bomb? Oh, oh yeah. Die Hard with a Vengeance, yeah. Yes. Or, the bomb itself ain't really make no sense. But all you knew is like, oh, when these chemicals start mixing, once they get together completely then the bomb is active. That's all I be thinking about when you're like, you're, you're taking my bottle of water, because what? Like, what the? What do you think I'm going to do with the water, guys? I bought the water here. Like, I bought right. the water here. You're like, yeah, but when you cross over the gate, then you can buy a new bottle of water, and that water you can bring on. I'm like, this makes no sense. Hey, man, capitalism. That's that peace of mind. This gives people peace of mind. I, I don't think it's a capitalism thing as much as it's a, you know, it's so easy to scare people in real yeah. Like It's so easy to scare people. And all you got to do is um, give a, give an existential threat that they think is going to ruin their lives, especially in America. And it's yeah. like, oh, shit, this is fireworks. Watch your kid. Halloween candy. You've heard that one before. Like, yeah. said two kids in all time have died from Halloween yeah. candy. And both of them were relatives. Who killed they him? were relatives. Yeah, I was like, nah, your uncle was trying to kill you. That's yes. what he did. He that just is... did it on Halloween. Now all of us got to check our candy now. This, this so... scare tactic is ridiculous, too, because, like, I remember being young and everybody know their neighbors, and now it's like just being around people and watching the way they work. Nobody wants to know their neighbors. If you get a knock at the door, you pissed off. You don't want to talk to nobody. Halloween is trash. Like, you set up for all these children, and then a few kids come. Like, it's like no one wants to know anybody anymore. My nigga, they do trunk or treat these days. I got kids, bro. They do trunk or treat. I forgot you talked about trunk or treat. Y'all sit out there with that. But that was during the- parents, Parents, they do it. It was during the pandemic, but they do it still. It's like all of the parents, moms who know each other, but it's kind of a thing like you and your friends, like me and Los and, and, and the Harry or whatever might get together- and it's like all of the parents just show up at a thing and we you call, I don't know, the way it gets is the more parents that you know in the network, it becomes a thing. But the kids just walk around with their Halloween costumes and go to the 15 to 20 cars that are there and get carried. Right. 
Like, I don't right. want y'all at my house and I don't want to know my neighbors. That's a very interesting point that people don't want to know their neighbors. In that they way. don't want to know nobody at this point. It's like an inconvenience to talk to, to your neighbor. I'd be like, damn, nigga, just know the people. I remember we used to walk our neighborhood for, for Halloween and then they would be like, let's go to like a little affluent neighborhood and get the bag. I remember we used to just disappear. We used to be like, all right, nigga, I'm gone. It's 11 o'clock. You won't see me till six. Our parents had no idea where the fuck we was. We was in Wisconsin, nigga. We was gone. (laughs) And then we came back and it just, whatever, drink a big gulp of Kool-Aid and then be done. And that's just what it was. Now it's like, nah, trunk or treat. But then again, I don't have kids, so... I don't know. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, I, I don't I don't care that much for children, so I don't know why everything changed. It's been a gradual change over time, but yeah, kids don't be out like that. I remember, like, our mom used to lock us out the house. Yeah. yeah. Like, literally just put you outside and lock the door. Like, dog, go play. Like, that's just it. But now, kids just be inside. They, they ain't got too much to do either. It's not <laughs> like, you know, we're, we're in Houston. Houston ain't an outdoor city, and I ain't even really talking about the heat. There ain't too much stuff to just do outside. It's a lot of suburbs. Um, Mexicans would disagree, but continue. (laughs) (laughs) Our childhood would disagree. Well, look, look, look. That's why I feel like you know soccer's picking up because you can all here in the U.S. because all you need is a ball. That's it. But the thing about it is, it's like that. You know, they reduce a lot of the parks. They reduce a lot of the outdoor areas, uh, except in like in the affluent areas, they'll have a park, but you got to have like your neighborhood tag. Like they do all that. They do their best to make sure we're the only ones here at the park. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like that's just it. My mom even said she had to get like uh, my, my mom live in a nice neighborhood. Uh, our, our parents, they got a nice neighborhood. They got great pools, all this stuff. They always give the pool tags to my little cousins. Because they're like, yo, y'all come out here because y'all want to come out the pool. She was like, man, somebody must have said something because they changed up the whole system. Like, now it's like, you got to be present. It's an electronic tag. Only these people can scan in. I was like, yeah, I think I think too many black people showed up at your pool. Yeah. Uh, Inevitably, we'll change the rules if too many black people show up to anything that is... They about to change the rules at this conference I'm at probably because too many black people over here. Man, I have never seen all bullshit aside. I have not seen this many black folks um, in computer science, you know, in one space, obviously ever, and um, or in, just in and around the ecosystem. And I saw probably like we we had like an affinity group, you know, all of the black folks got together. And I mean, it was like I don't know something like eighty to hundred black folks together, all kind of like you know, I teach computer science here. Um, here or there or whatever. And within that group, it was, you know, by a good 30 brothers. So, um, you know, 30 to 30, 40 brothers. So I got to meet a lot of interesting dudes who are doing some some things. But like I said, I, I'm, I'm half joking, but they're going to change some rules. The more black people get involved with some stuff, they're going to be like, all right. So um, I know. can guarantee at least one person at that conference was like, don't they have a black computer science conference? <laughs> <laughs> if too many black people show up at, at an event, they're like, don't y'all have BET? Like, they always mm-hmm. name the one thing. We, I was like, dog, that was created because y'all wasn't letting us in. So now that we are able to come in, we're going to come. Oh. But you know how black people do too, though, Devon? You got to think about the other side, like Nesby, right? The National Society of Black Engineers, right? 
it's black people also have always got a desire to start some shit and lead some shit. So it wouldn't surprise me if the black affinity group within our conference decided to say, oh no, we're gonna throw our own conference. It's gonna be, it's gonna be lit. They was like, hey man, so we all here, we might as well just do it ourselves. Yeah, right. Stop giving the white man our money. Like type <laughs> shit. That is, I wouldn't. I, I am. Yes, that type of thing takes place probably in every in every space because don't y'all have like a black lawyers association type oh, of thing? Yeah, black lawyers association, black teachers association, black mm-hmm. journalists association. Uh, I, I think I'm a part of all the black associations. <laughs> I pay my dues. I don't really show up to meetings. So, nigga, nigga, I put every po- every best friend weekend post. I put hashtag podcast or black podcast in color, right? <laughs> put the black podcast. <laughs> the black there's, there's gonna be a black everything, man. Hey, man. Speaking of um, social media, just FYI, um, you know, I got I got hit up by the guy, um, the man, the myth, the legend, man, King Leo, and he has some things that burned his boudin this week, so I'm going to go ahead on and run through that. Man, the first thing that burns Leo's boudin this week is, uh, well, I got to actually pull it up. No, it's, 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 it was giving me troubles. Oh, he he actually is like one of the few people who sends these comments to the What Burns My Boudin page. So oh, that's where he'll, okay. uh, yeah, he sends me exactly what burns boudin. Anyway, he said, What Burns My Boudin Facebook edition. First, Facebook notification. Uh, La Diamond, he was yours, now he's mine, George. And four others have birthdays. <laughs> Click to see the four <laughs> others. And he says he clicks to see the four others. And it's La Diamond's other pages she forgot the password to. <laughs> Love it. Okay. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. I was going to run through all of them, but we could talk about each one. <laughs> At this point, that's all Facebook is for is just uh, for knowing people's birthdays because I I don't really know who's really active like that on Facebook. Well, that's a lie. I know people that are active on Facebook. They tend not to be the people I really associate with that heavily. Like, it's like, (laughs) oh, okay, you you got an active following on Facebook. It's real world starish. It's flea market-ish at this point. Okay, next you got what burns his boot at is people who be looking for stamps on Facebook, but posting the newest Jordans purses or bags, like their priorities fucked up. You know what I mean? That's just folks that's in general. Yeah, yeah, that's a regular Facebook thing too. Another thing, people who post food pics and it'd be some slop talking about chef wear. Apparently not at your house. The fuck? This is the next one. I will, um, I, no, I will say this. I think social media has shown a lot of people uh, that they can't cook. And that's a positive thing. Hmm. So you know where to go. <laughs> you know no, where to go uh, where your bread is buttered and what it ain't. I think a lot of people thought they could cook. I think a lot of people thought they was really chefing it up. <laughs> and then they, when they started posting it, once they saw the majority of the world was like, nah. that There used to be a time where the only time you found that out is like when that one aunt you had brought the wrong dish to Thanksgiving. That's how yeah. she found out. She couldn't cook. Now she can post online and strangers can also let her know she can't cook. So you don't have to worry about breaking up families. I think it's interesting that people just um, are so unaware of the fact that they it, it ain't a thing, but it makes it happen. Anyway, he said another thing that burns his boot at is Facebook boomerangs. He said that's self-explanatory. And <laughs> lastly, but not least, 
people who write about how you was down, now you came up, got that big promotion, where you leading a, a, a team of people, how you doing shit the boss didn't know how to do, long ass paragraph that ended with, won't he do it? Man, I swear, just delete your account ASAP, like Rocky, that's what he said. Yeah, basically, I, that, that whole thing lets me know that uh, I, I don't really be knowing what's going on in Facebook no more. <laughs> <laughs> I'm rarely on that thing. I'm barely on Facebook, to be honest with you. Oh, well, I'm on Facebook 2.0, uh, also known as Instagram. Instagram. Okay. I had, to, I had to read this a couple of times to, to really fundamentally know what he meant. He's really just talking about these motherfuckers who get a promotion and then talk this like, Listen, man, the boss could never do this. I was always better. Y'all was holding me down. And he, he I think what he meant, he, he's mad about it at the end is just that they say, won't he do it? But yes, I get that post a lot. I've seen it recently. Like today is my one year anniversary of going out on my own and doing my business and blah, blah, blah. And the, look, my supervisors never was able to, to push me in the right direction. But now I'm doing my own thing. Won't he do it? I get it. I get where you're going for it. Took me a while. Yeah. I had to read that again. I, I understand it, <laughs> It was just, it was just written in Facebook. So it was. I had to why. read it like I had to read it very um, critically just then to see like exactly what what's the message we're trying to uh, to I get across. I feel like here. sometimes to, to really get and understand Facebook posts, you have to read them real slow and then picture sounding mm. them out in your head. Like oh oh, that's what you meant. Okay, got you, got you. This is the dialogue. DiCaprio is very is um, notorious for his posts that you have to read and be like what. And then after you read it, you're like, bro, why did you post that? <laughs> yeah. yeah. This is, eh, I mean, the homies or whatever. Hey, listen, I told y'all I'm out here at a conference, man. And, and we'll get to, you know what? Since we on the subject, we talk about fights. We talk, man, it's got me thinking about a fire. Big three. Big three. Big three. Big three. Yeah, 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 yeah. Big three. Come on. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right, so I'm not putting y'all on the spot. But I thought about this while I was here kind of moving around. They dropped this off in a specific spot. And I know some of these answers, but I want off the top of your head, your big three cities in the United States that you would call a conference city. Like you got there and it's like, oh, I, I, I want to go to a conference there because it's got it's it's good for a conference. What you got? Oh, just name all three? Uh, New Orleans? No, one at a time. Go ahead. New Orleans. Yeah, Chicago. I think. <laughs> this is not how these things work. Have y'all never my done bad. a big three? Oh, oh, yeah, <laughs> I just I hopped in like hopscotch. We've done no. a we done it multiple times, and I was like, oh, I thought this was like the quick fire round. Yeah, I mean, it, it is, I mean, okay, no, we still need to digest just a little bit. New Orleans, absolutely, I think it's the 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 number one answer, right, when it comes to these things, because it's, I guess it's the proximity to everything, right? You don't need to go anywhere. So why would you throw Chicago out there, um, um, Avery? What what of, of Chicago makes it a great one? Uh, because when you do have a little bit of off time, you can go and see the city. It has some, um, I guess, nice historical places to be able to travel to. It's mm-hmm. around a few other cities to go to as well. So I just always like the architecture in Chicago, too. Plus, if you're in a centralized location, it's always beautiful, like if it's downtown or something of that nature. Gotcha. Right. So I'll go ahead on and I'll go ahead on and throw Vegas out there as my first um, a Vegas conference. I've been I haven't been to a Vegas conference, but I've been to conferences and I've been to Vegas, and I, I need those two things to be aligned for something that I'm going to. 
because I think ain't I nobody going to no conference if it's in Vegas though. Oh, why wouldn't they? It's Vegas. Oh no, no, you go to the conference because the, it's all going to be in the same hotel, right? Like they're yeah, just working like. Well, I think a Vegas concert is good because it's like, yeah, we're going to do the conference stuff, but I guess Vegas is good because everybody that goes to conferences knows like there's a lot of mm-hmm. downtime conferences. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of drinking. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So you got the you're gonna be at the pool, you're gonna be at the hotel lobby, you're gonna be you're gonna play a little blackjack. You know what I'm saying? I think that it allows you to decompress in a way that other places wouldn't for a conference. So I'm gonna throw Vegas to the list. Go ahead. What you got, Devon? Mm, I'm gonna say DC. Yeah, Damn. that was my next one. <laughs> like I'm nigga said, damn, because yeah. we all three was like this. <laughs> I'm gonna say DC. And I'm gonna be real with you. I'm gonna say DC, and uh, after we talk about this, I'm gonna have to think because I might be out of cities in the United States that I think would be good for a conference after the ones we've named. Yeah, these are it's it's we've it, it, just starts, <laughs> it starts to be slim pickings for particular reasons, right? And I know we could yeah. kind of discuss why the other ones aren't necessarily great, but if we're not already if we haven't already exhausted it. What do you think uh, might be another one, Avery, that, that you could add to that list? I got I got Ooh. another one in mind. I got one more. Um, I mean, damn, it's between two. So, well, then you got two more. So good, you got so just go with your first one, then. Go with your Atlanta. Atlanta. <sighs> <laughs> the the Atlanta uh, debate. Uh, the Atlanta debate. Because I didn't think Atlanta was a good one. I don't. Yeah. No, I don't think so either. I think it's too spread out in like there. I mean, I guess if your conference is on Peachtree somewhere, but what's really in walking distance? of I don't know. Atlanta just doesn't strike me. As oh, wow. like, I think if have a good conference city, it's either got to, it, it, it's got to have, like you were saying, Avery, central locations. Yes. It's got to be walkable mm-hmm. and it's got to have good public transportation. Like that's the main things that I would be looking for. When it comes to that, or yeah, or good scary. public transportation, I think that could be an either or, right? If it's walkable, you don't need the public transportation piece. True, true. And I'm like, it varies, but the bigger it, the bigger the place is, the better these options have to be. And there are certain cities that I'm like, yeah, that would be great conferences, but they miss into. I think Atlanta, I think Houston would be great, except not walkable, no good yep. public transportation, no, and no so centralized like, location. No. When, when Essence yeah, went there, no. it was terrible. Not at all. So mm-hmm. that's the thing where I'm like, dog, yeah, I, I don't, I don't think you would necessarily have as that great of a time. I think it's a great city, but I don't know if I want to be in a conference there. So, with, I, and I'm gonna let you defend Atlanta. Go ahead. Did you have an Atlanta defense there? I ain't have no defense for Atlanta. Uh, <laughs> no, it's just, it's, it's, it's a cool city. I really want to be like Gucci Man or something, just something wild. That's funny. <laughs> No, I mean, my next one would be Austin. I think that Austin makes the list. Um, get it close to, I mean, I don't know. I've never been to South by Southwest, personally. But Devon, I said you've went there. I assume that's a conference, right? Of sorts, it's a music okay. conference. I will um, say, Austin, Austin is cool. I do like the South by Southwest conference. I also uh, hate Austin, the city. Mm. It, it, it's almost too small. It's almost too centrally located. Sure. Everything is packed. First sure. of all, Austin is a major city with one road. Like when people tell me they're <laughs> like, Austin, dog, it's one street. 
It's literally one no, street. No, like, it's not one oh, street. It's, not it's one street. It's one like, street. I'm sorry. It's one street. During a conference, there's only one street that you're going to be on. Like, it's Which is one what, six street. street? No, no, no. I'm talking about that street to get into the city and the street. Oh, you're talking out. about the actual, you're talking about the highway. You keep coming yes. on one, one street. This nigga is stupid. I'm calling <laughs> it one street because at some point it's only like two, three lanes. I'm like, God, yeah, what is okay. it? Okay. Like, who planned this out? Like, why would y'all put all this stuff in one place and then be like, yeah, let's let's only build one way to get to it. But if you get there <laughs> and then you get to your room, it's very public transport. It's very Uberable. It's very walkable. That's all yes, I'm saying. That's true. That's true. It's super. It's super walkable. Everything centrally located. It's yeah. And for I what mean, people I'm like sure. to do at conferences, it's it's a lot of beer. It's a lot of bars. You go to Rainy Street. Like it's it's a vibe. I like. I I'm gonna add Austin to my short list of, of okay. Okay. Conferences. I'll take that. I'll take that. So Devon, if, since you're arguing it, what's your alternative for your last one? <laughs> Uh, I, I'm gonna say, uh, and this is gonna be uh, out the blue. It's gonna be Memphis. Mm. If Bill Surprising, Street could talk, surprisingly, <laughs> Memphis. It is centrally located. Memphis is actually quite small. With when you really think about it, I I would do it now. Do I necessarily want to go to a conference <laughs> in Memphis? Nah, <laughs> not really. Uh, I don't really want to go to conferences ever. Uh, but if I got to. And they're choosing between cities. I wouldn't mind if Memphis is on there. I've never been to Memphis. You gotta, you gotta try it out. I mean, I don't. It's not that I want don't want to go to Memphis. I just never been. So yeah. I, I have no point of reference there. So you've you've kind of sold me on the Memphis conference. Whoop that trick, get him. Whoop that there trick, you go. <laughs> get him. That's what we all. That's what we all know about Memphis. We're like, oh yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> Sing that shit with your chest. What he said? Okay. Anyway. Oh, nice. <laughs> what was Ludacris's character? Skinny, skinny black. Skinny black. Yeah. Oh yeah. Skinny black. I was going to call him crunchy black, but crunchy black yeah. is real. But <laughs> like, yeah, skinny black. Skinny black though. Anyway, I, I remember your old shit, man. When you you was you was written. Avery, <laughs> what you got, man? Finish this up. I I ran out of cities, man. Huh? I ran out of cities. I, 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 if I had to think about this, uh, uh, man, that would be a terrible place to have a con. No, I can't think of anywhere else. I'd say New York City, but it's it's too it's too packed. I was gonna yeah. say I think it's really yeah. interesting that nobody said New York, and I feel like I know why. It's and too I, and I, it, but nobody said LA either. Same reasons though. Right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you can't say the Bay Area because it's just, to me, it's just too much money. Like, I've been to a conference, and if you said the conference is in Fisherman's Wharf, and that's the only place it's going to be in, like, the Bay, maybe, right? Like, if it's really, like, an outskirts type of thing where it's kind of designed to have a whole bunch of stuff going on. Nobody said Phoenix. I think it's too hot, like, all the time almost. But Phoenix is, and it's spread, it's pretty spread out. It's another, you know, I'm, I'm, Avery, I've, read, I've, I've arrived, and I was like, they probably have a whole bunch of cities that we don't know nothing about that are great conference cities. Like, Indianapolis might be dope. I don't know. Exactly. Minneapolis might be dope. I, I don't know, right? But they're always but, like, I, you know, I hate to be dismissive and be like flyover states, but they're always places you don't want to go. Mm. You know what I mean? It's, it's one of those places where it's like, you know, you see people like, God, I didn't even know this place was, was hyped like that. Like, <laughs> who knew 
who knew this little spot in Nebraska was dope? <laughs> You're like, nah, I had no clue because I never had any interest in going there. Mm-mm. Yeah, Charlotte might be dope. Um, Miami is not gonna make my cut. Um, nah. Too expensive. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I think the last one I was gonna land on, and I just was gonna throw it out there, is probably Denver. But I, but I don't have a strong conviction of Denver. I mean, I've had good times in Denver uh, with the homie Raj move. So like, I know the city to be one that um, you could you could have your little time over there. So I'll throw that out there. But I don't have. Denver is good. I don't think I don't think weed is as much of a. I mean, but weed's legal damn near everywhere now. Denver used to have that, um, or Colorado used to have that. The, the, I'm in Illinois. Motherfuckers talking about weed legal out here. So I was like, oh, I didn't even know that. I had no clue. So, yeah. Um, so yeah, it's basically it's, legal almost everywhere in some yeah. way, shape, or fashion, except in like three states. Yeah, anywhere you could have an abortion, you could get you some weed for the low. I mean, for from the store, like just to go. I think that those things go go pretty much hand in hand. Hey, listen, uh, before we get out of here, because I, like I said, I'm I'm getting out of here because I need to take me a little um, a little rest before I go do more conference things. Um, and I'm just gonna say this: T Pain, man, what, what was T Pain tripping on? Because I want to have we need to have the 10 minute T Pain discussion because um, I don't know what we do with that, right? That T T Pain said if Tupac was alive, he wouldn't stack up lyrically against. Uh, he said Pac was a crazy lyricist in our time because ain't nobody else want to have no platform is basically the way he went about this argument. And um, I don't know. I, I just, I, I don't have a lot for it. I don't have words. Go ahead, Devon, take it from there. Oh, no, I was going to say, I'm going to, I got my thoughts, but I'm definitely going to defer to the pop. My brother's the biggest pop expert. <laughs> so I'm going to go uh, with him. I'm going to say that T-Pain's right. Tupac wasn't even more lyrically inclined than Biggie. Tupac rhymes shine a lot. Tupac on a scale of one to 10 to me was about a seven, maybe when it comes to lyrical ability, his storytelling was great. His storytelling was immaculate, but I'm just saying Tupac was not the best lyricist. He just passed away. And then when you die, you get 50,000 extra points. Um, Kendrick would kill him. Uh, J Cole would kill him. Uh, Tupac has the lyrical ability and if you listen to this person, you'll understand what I'm saying. 21 Savage, 21 Savage can rap. He can really rap, but he's not beating those other dudes. He's not He's not top tier. Tupac was never top tier. Tupac had, uh, a, he, like T-Pain saying, he, he had the platform. I mean, he was doing wild shit. Every, I mean, they, they, they kind of, uh, the industry really like has the Tupac package. When a nigga goes to jail, that's a Tupac package. It's like almost like they're like, look at Gucci, man. That's a Tupac package. Lil Wayne, it's a Tupac package. You go to prison, your cells go up. So, yeah, I'm like, lyrical ability, I mean, I like a lot of Tupac verses. I do, but they're nowhere near as good as any Biggie verse ever. So there's, I mean, shit, there's there's songs where Ice Cube held it down better than Pac. And I love Pac. It's just that we give him all this stuff because he passed away. You you guys remember, um, like, you know, Complex does the, the best rapper alive every year. Right. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. I think that complex does it. Right. And, you know, you go back and look at it. It was like Rev Run back in the day. It was cool. G Herc. It was like, you know, all of these other people. And then it got to the point where it was you Drake for like five or seven years and, and, and Lil Wayne and all the way up until present day. There were years where Tupac was the best rapper alive on their list. There were years where Biggie was the best rapper alive, maybe one year and then one the next year. It's a thing. Alive? Right. 
Mm-hmm. That's what they said, right? And this was mm-hmm. like '96, like, mm-hmm. you, right? Um, so for the year of like '94, Tupac was the best rapper alive. They said, right? Are they rating him? My point is, we the first podcast we did together, the Best Friend Weekend, times my humble opinion. The first time we got together and did it, we did a top twenty rappers alive, right? Yeah. And we gave our list, and we had a lot of dis- disconnect. We had a lot of disagreements, but you know, we had some some general things that went. And I mean, one of those general points was that it's all in the eye of the beholder. It's all on what you want to listen to and what you're looking for. Rap isn't like. Um, uh, who's, I mean, I guess it is like, who's the best football player? Well, Tom Brady is a quarterback. How do you compare him to Randy Moss? Right? Like they do different things. Yeah, that, that's a so, good thing. It's, mm-hmm. it's also a thing where it's one thing where when we're talking about lyricism. I will say this. I like you're comparing Tupac to 21 Savage because a lot of times when they look back at Pop, Pac, they'd be like, oh, the best lyricist. Even when Pac was alive. I don't think he was like, I'm the best lyricist. Or, you know, no. he might have said it whatever, but nobody was throwing him in them circles. The same way nobody is throwing 21 Savage in the best lyrical circles. But nobody's also being like, that nigga can't rap. That True. nigga ain't good. Da, 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 da. It's like a little different. So it's like, in lyrical circles, the truth is, in lyrical circles, 90% to 99% of your pop rappers is getting knocked out the paint. And like, the thing is, about- they're making the sales, though. Like, yeah. nobody's listening to to, to, to Cass or, like, somebody else who's, like, crazy lyrical exercises. Yeah. Nobody cares. Yeah. yeah. No, nobody does. And that's my thing. I'm like, they're gonna, so I'm like, now to look back on Pac, I do feel like I take issue with the way that Pac gets, and this is coming from somebody that was not I have gone from basically being a Pac crit- criticizer to I feel like I'm usually defending Pac. You're a Pac apologist. Yeah, I'm a Pac apologist because as the <laughs> as time passes, the way that he is critiqued and the way that his lyrics are are done, I'm like, like y'all are looking at him in a weird vacuum sometimes, and I'm like, that's not that's not the artist he was. That's not the person he was. And I almost feel like the, the way Bootsy came out, where he's like, it feels like disrespect. <laughs> like, at yeah. this point, like, it's like, I understand. It's like, yeah, he's not the best lyricist. I'm not saying he's going bar for bar with Kendrick Lamar. What I am saying is, this man is a fantastic rapper that had this amazing influence over the culture, uh, regardless of the, the the positive and negative critiques of him that are justified and out there. That, that, that There's no getting around it. You got some negative things to say about them. There's some positive things to say about them. But it does feel like they try to chip away at uh, the his statue legacy. of Pac and his legacy mm-hmm. In, mm-hmm. in the packing on a rep. I mean, and that's a part of dying too, right? Like, they'll do it to Martin Luther King. They'll, like, that nonviolent, like, after you die, people will, they'll, they'll, deify you because of you know the status of being dead but they'll vilify you too looking at Pac where it's like I mean Pac was a fiery spirited individual that's coming from the veins of basically the Black Panther Party like that's essentially it that's that's what how he's taught that's what he's putting forth and then he adds this element of of uh street culture and like gangster rap that's all that's what he is that was all his critiques while he was alive. 
Dog, after he died, like some of his number one songs are like changes. Like white people love to be like, I said, changes to me feels like Tupac's Martin Luther King's I Have a Dream speech. Like y'all did not know who this man was, but y'all found the, it's like on TikTok how they have the, uh, the, the, the feminist movement, which is a largely white feminist movement. That's like quoting Pox came from a woman, got a name from a woman, a game from a woman. It's like, how can you start off a song, The Black of the Berry, The Sweet of the Juice, on an album called Strictly for My Niggas? And people are like, well, this song isn't like for black women. It's what? for, it's for huh? like women. And you're like, what do you mean? I said, I don't know how he could be more clear that <laughs> I am speaking to the black experience because the black experience is largely ignored. And the response almost 30 years after his death is, yeah, we're we going to ignore you. We're going to take the parts that we like and we're going to put that to the forefront. Like the Bible. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Pretty much. So, I mean, but I think a lot of it comes to, and, and we're talking about revisionist history, and we, we 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 like to go back and um and it's 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 a thing right we do it in the culture all the time we go back and and re reimagine how we look at different people and I think a lot of it comes from the fact that we're looking at it through the lens of T Pain and I think T Pain for some odd reason doesn't hold the place in the culture that I think he should I I just I feel that way about T Pain yeah uh, for some odd reason for the very reason I, once everybody and I feel like T Pain <laughs> The second Jay-Z said, I don't like that auto-tune stuff, everybody said, yeah, yeah, I heard you. Fuck T-Pain. <laughs> it was like, what? Was yeah. like, and, and, and it's wild to me because there were still people actively using auto-tune. Jay-Z's mm-hmm. man, Kanye West, was deep in auto-tune. Nobody so said an album like the next few months. Literally, the next few months he comes out with something. And Jay-Z saying, yo, Auto-tune we don't is dead, huh? it, Once he said that, it, it was like the Jay-Z. whole industry said, yo, he's talking about T-Pain. Yo, fuck T-Pain. And it's like all these artists that have profited off the work of T-Pain, yeah, all of a sudden was like, yeah, nah, I ain't, I ain't even with I ain't even with all that. Like, that's yeah. it. Isn't that story where Usher is like, yo, you oh, ruined yeah. music. That's fucking nah, hilarious. Nah, he said that nigga told him that with a straight <laughs> fucking face. Don't wake me up and call me forward on a plane. To on a plane, dude. That I ruined music? I was your fan. Mm, right. <laughs> so I understand. I, I ain't you got should have told him. I couldn't, I couldn't have been T-Pain. Oh. If you told me that, I'd have been like, well, every time you rap, you ruin music, nigga. Right. Have you heard your verses? Badass and you two seasons with kicks, new kicks all in the mix. What does that mean, Usher? I mean, but he, he don't turn no tricks, they turn for me. Forget a little bitch. Who wrote that? Who wrote that? That nigga Usher would have to walk away. I would be so loud on the plane. That, Forget that a little bitch. Like- that they sounds like started. a Will Smith ghostwriting, right? Yes. U S H E R R A Y M O N D. Now, baby, tell me what you wanted. Actually, that verse was hot. Never mind. You got one. <laughs> and, and I got the same amount of letters in my name, so it kind of works out where I used to use that. Me too. <laughs> I spelled Avery Douglas every single time. So. Oh my. Oh, oh, you're a five and seven guy yourself. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the 
it's a small travel bus. So if, if T Pain said that to you, I mean if Usher said that to you, they would have definitely had to turn the plane around. Yeah. <laughs> like it's like, yo, get that get the people. We go we're gonna have to deplane because <laughs> This man said that I ruined music. So, yeah, once Jay-Z said that, everybody said, fuck T-Pain, and then kept on using auto-tune. Yeah. Kept on using it more to the point Fucking... where all of them now use auto-tune, and y'all are still like, fuck T-Pain, and, like, out of all of y'all, T-Pain was probably the most talented. Yeah. So we, we like, obviously watched that same documentary because it's like right afterwards, didn't like Cher drop the biggest song of like the 90s or the yeah. 2000s? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. Was, love after love after love. I was like, I remember being a kid. I was in the eighth grade watching. I was like, why does she sound like a robot? Like she sounds just like a robot. Then I found That's out a whole other conversation about appropriation oh, no. and all the rest of that shit that goes along with it. But I mean, it is what it is. Tupac, we, we should, you know, cherish our, 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 um, you know, our oh, we cherish him. We're just not going to lie to people and be like, this nigga was the greatest, you know, rapper ever of all time. But I guess when you look at overall rapper as compared to lyricists, as y'all were saying, it's two different things because when it comes to rapper, I'll be putting Drake at the top of the greatest rapper, not lyricist, mm-hmm. rapper of mm-hmm. all time. Rapper. Yeah, I remember Even my list. Kanye uh, in my list, Snoop was number one the last time we did this because I was just yeah. like everything in that sphere of what all like that was before Snoop was even calling fights on the zone. I um, mean, you know, mm-hmm. not on the zone on um on like the the fucking Jake Jake Paul fights in yeah. Wallen and hit that nigga cuz like before he was even doing that kind of shit. I mean, Snoop is just, yeah. So it's more than just the lyrics. It's got to be if we're talking about best rapper of all time. But anyway, man, you know. I throw Tupac in there just because the influence alone. Because mm-hmm. everybody was basically dropping a Pac album. I mean, No Limits whole, No Limits whole game plan was literally drop a Pac album like every time. Drop so, a Pac album with a Pac signing with a Pac song sound with and like they the only God can judge me by Master P. I'm like nigga, what are you doing? Judge me. Uh, I gotta have a song for my mama. I gotta have a song. For the women, I got see murder's whole career. I gotta have the song disrespecting women too. Like it was literally like, "Yo, Pac gave us the blueprint. Like we can do everything now." And that, that's just what it was. Then Drake does the same thing too. He'll be on yeah. his records like, yeah. "I love you." Remember when I dropped you off at uh at law school? Oh my God, you're so amazing. And then he'll be on a West Coast niggas album like, "Pour liquor on that bitch, fuck that hoe." And I'm like. <laughs> That's, All right. that's literally the, yeah, that's the pot game plan. <laughs> I mean, yeah, we still using that 20 plus years later, what, 30 years? No, yeah, 30 years? No, nah, not 30 yet, but 25 years plus after that man's gone. So all of that to say that. Hey, listen, I'm about to get out of here. We about to get out of here, man. I appreciate y'all um, joining us. You know, hopefully um, we still able to get y'all. If we weren't able to get y'all on the ride to work, hopefully I can upload this on your ride home. And um, you check us out this weekend um, and all of that good stuff. Fellas, in my humble opinion, y'all follow my opinion. Come in my humble opinion if you haven't already done so. Fuck with the guys. But until next time, y'all have a great weekend. Bow, bow, bow. That's what Los usually said. Make it a best friend weekend. Bow, 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 bow. All right. That's what Los usually does. And we out. <laughs> Happy XL, Los. 
XL. <laughs> wow. XL. 